You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, OL Rain. Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, Jacob, Steve, Nikita, how are you doing? Doing fine. Pretty doing good. Well, yeah. Soccer's back on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Soccer is back on, and we're actually super excited. We have a new guest um, that has not been on the podcast before and maybe a new name to a lot of folks who are following the NWSL. Um, I'm actually going to let him introduce himself, so I'll hand it over to you, Antonio. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm Antonio. I'm from Argentina. I uh, manage between any uh, between other stuff and WSL Analytica. If you uh, like to follow the NWSL on Twitter, you might get to see some of my tweets this couple of days because I'm kind of new on that. Um, but yeah, I'm really grateful and I'm happy to join this uh, pod. We actually also have you on. We have you on for two reasons. One, because you've been doing some really great data analysis um, for the Challenge Cup, but we also know, and we won't hold it against you, that you are a Thorns fan. And since the Rain are playing the Thorns, we thought you'd be a great partner to help us preview the Thorns a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm a, I'm a Thorns fan. Um, I, I hope no, nobody gets uh, a little annoyed about that. Um, but yeah, I'm again really thankful uh, for being here because it's probably the first time that I'm doing a podcast that is not my own um, in a remote way. I'm also part of an other podcast here in Argentina that is in English too about Argentine football. Um, so it's kind of a new experience for me too, and it's, it's, it's fun. Well, maybe we'll stick on Argentina for a minute. Um, how special was it for you to see the Argentina women make the World Cup last year? It's it's been good. I mean, it, it felt great uh, getting some of the attention that it deserves. And it kind of helped to change a couple of stuff um, in the country. Not only how women are, are seen when they play football, but how the association see the, the women's football. But I think, at, on the other hand, um, it was also a way to to make more clear some of the bigger issues within the women's football here in Argentina. Um, I'm, I don't know how many of you or the listeners know, but football in Argentina is not actually um, professional. Mm-hmm. After the World Cup, they, uh, the association pressed the clubs to uh, offer some contracts, eight on the minimum and 16 at the maximum, with uh, the lowest wage possible. And some of the wages were paid by the association. So it's, it's still a, a, an uphill battle in that regard. But given that the results were amazing. Uh, but again, there's a lot of the, I don't want to uh, talk a lot about this exactly, but there's a, a, like a snowball effect in, in many ways uh, after that World Cup results. Do you um, have a favorite player on Argentina's team? Um, well, they'll just, Choice will be Banini. Uh-huh. She played in the WSL with Washington yeah. Spirit. Um, but I always, always love uh, goalkeeping. I used to be a goalkeeper in my in my youth, and Vanina Correa is amazing. Uh, especially given her, her, yeah, her story is amazing because 
she had to stop playing football to take care of um, her two childs and being called up again for the national team because there wasn't actually, well, there, there, there are some goalkeepers, but you need the experience of Correa in the, in the starting lineup. Was that, um, she had such a good game. Was that against England? Against like, England, yeah. 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 stop a penalty. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think uh, that there's hopes maybe of other Argentina um, women coming to the NWSL in the future? I would love to. Um, I think I, I think I, I asked uh, Rocky Rodriguez about this, about how um, Latinos could make an impact and come to the NWSL. And she made a good point that it's a more physical league mm -hmm. than we are used to. Um, the women here in Argentina used to be more technical. It's not like they don't want to run or don't want to get rough. I, I saw rough tackles and really rough top tackles when I went to see some games here. But in the States, it's kind of part of your DNA that you have to be the best athletes that you can. So you, you're more prepared to run more time and more distance than here, that we're more used to, to play well or be more flashy when, in the way that we play. Uh, so it will be a step forward for anyone that, that comes uh, goes from Argentina to the United States. But I also understand why they prefer to go to Europe too. Mm -hmm. um, what got you interested in the NWSL specifically? It kind of have to do with Poland and the Timbers mm -hmm. because I was doing sapping. That, that would be like six or seven years ago. I don't really remember, but I was just sapping about and I catch up a Timbers um, game mm -hmm. on TV and the crowd and the culture. The crowd from one, one side look kind of South American. I think it's, it has to do with the Northwest because you guys um, with the Sanders have also a very strong following. Um, and the culture attracts me too. And if after the um, 2015 World Cup in Canada, I kind of, I, I saw that World Cup, uh, that was the first time I, I ever watched women's football or women's soccer. And I, I thought, okay, this, is, this, is, this isn't bad at all. It, it's enjoyable, it's entertaining. And it felt kind of natural for me to, to follow the thorns. So as someone who maybe is a little bit more recent to following women's football, uh, how much do you feel like it's grown in the last four years? A lot, yeah. especially in some countries um, like Spain, for example, there also has a battle with the uh, professionalization of, of football. Um, here in South America, it's really difficult uh, to to make it grow. You have examples like in Colombia, you have Huila, they won the, the Libertadores and all the money they have in prices went to the depth of the men's, foot, one, uh, men's side and they have to fold right now and they can play anymore. Um, but the, the growth is not only because of the attention, you, you see more coaches, you see better players, you see they're more tactical, they commit less errors. Um, it's, it's a grow, exponential growth in many ways, and it's really interesting. Um, this, this, I was talking with a friend about this. It, it feels like women's football 
in four years between the two World Cups uh, evolve uh, what the men's football evolved in 20, 13 years, mm. which is, it's interesting because in four years, tr trying to get the platform to, to be better coached, be, be better players, it's really difficult. And many, many um, leagues and, and, and nations made it possible. With just a little investment, like you saw. Of course, of course, difference. that's that's yeah. not that. Let's not put that out of the table. Of course, yeah. investment is is super important. Well, um, I feel like I'm hogging all the questions, so I'll keep going. But other people, jump in, please. Um, uh, what um, have you been um, looking at analytics for a long time, or is that new to you? It's not. In 2014, with the Men's World Cup, I created another Twitter account about basically the Argentinian League and everything else, only about the men's uh, football. And that went well. Yeah, I was always interested in that side of the, of the game, probably because, for example, I'm a huge um, player of football manager, and you have mm. to know your stats. Otherwise, uh, you're not playing well. <laughs> And it's it's something that always um, felt attracted to, even if I'm not really good with mathematics. I have to be honest with you; that it's not a side of of myself that I'm not really comfortable. Uh, I always rely on a calculator instead of doing things mentally. Um, but given that, I, I really like the numbers in football. I, I uh, again, given that I made some courses in coaching and everything else trying to see and appreciate football not only as a sport but something that you have some oil movements and different tactics and way to achieve the goals that you want to achieve made everything important in, in the in the analytics and stats um department so after that that i had to that project that i had to to leave behind um yeah, I felt I felt that the women's um, game, especially the NWSL, have had the access to the data, but no one was really paying that much attention. And I saw the opportunity and made a Twitter account. I'm here. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've loved it. Um, is there? Thank you. Is there something in particular, are there things in particular you're looking at when you're looking at the data? Like, are there specific things that you pay attention to that may be interesting for people who don't dive into the data as much? Um, from a publisher view point, uh, I really try to be more, pay more attention to pass, um, maps or heat maps because that's usually what the people want to see uh if you want to get and dive um into i know um expected goals people will always ask you what expected goals and you try to make them understand and some even i have i have a friend that he used to play when we were able to play football here um i i passed him one of my articles and he kept asking me what's xg and i have to you know, make different kind of uh, examples. And he still didn't understand what expected goals. Uh, but that's that's the kind of thing that I try to pay more attention personally when I try to write. But also, 
um, statistically, I try to combine what I see on the computer or what I see on a website or everything else with the game because um, it's really interesting that you have to, you don't have to take the number alone. That's why, uh, for example, yesterday, one of the, when I was asking for requests, uh, there was one guy that was asking me about uh, the pressure of, of the courage and how they press. So instead of giving him a map or, or a chart that it will be like the sole data, I told him, okay, read what I wrote. There's a couple of videos that you can see and that will complement any, any number. And that's the important part. You have to complement the number with the performance. It, it makes no sense if, if you have striker that had, I don't know, in three games, an unexpected goals of five. But what does it mean? It, it means that she doesn't, she doesn't score. She can score. The chances are there, are not there. What's the problem? Um, so yeah, yeah, basically it's that, trying to, to match the number with uh, a specific moment in the game. It's, it's the most interesting thing. I think, I don't know, maybe you feel this way because of what you just said, but some, one of the things that um, bugs me the most or irritates me the most is when people just look at the data without watching the soccer and try to um, tell you a story. And like you said, you have to have both. Well, on the other hand, you have people that sells you players on YouTube with a, a reel of four <laughs> minutes and it looks like the next Messi and then you get him playing. It's like, mm, you do not like the videos. <laughs> with really exciting music to get you even more Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you've been watching all this and looking at the data. What have your observations been of OL Reign in this tournament? The obvious thing would be that you like possession or when city likes possession a lot which kind um comes back to the the, the conversation that we had before uh it's a really european style to to prefer possession and to make it more simpler you you have a clash there uh when city wants to keep the ball which is amazing he tries to pick up some players that can do that, like Shirley Cruz or Alana Cook. But uh, given the style play in the United States, uh, it's very difficult for him to teach and make that part of the team because most of them are athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond they can play, if they can play or not with the ball at, at their feet, they like to play uh, fast football. And that's why, for example, beyond the um, they lost the last game. It was really easy for, for, for Houston to get that in a DNA. Uh, Harrington chose the players that will fit that, and that was it. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they started to play more attractive and offensive football. The rain has a lot of things that you should, or I think they should improve. And it's a good question whether it's the players of how much can be CT adapt uh, to the players they have available because the rain besides the last 20 minutes of the game against Utah the rain doesn't have a lot of entries in the in the final third or touches in the box um, they don't play long balls and sometimes that's um, for some people right now it's it's like a bad word saying bad long balls they they all want to play beauty, beautiful football and be the next Guardiola. 
but sometimes you do have to play long balls because it will help you um, jump the, the price of the, of the opposite team. Sometimes it will get you to spaces. A long ball not, doesn't necessarily be means bad football. Uh, so yeah, but that's the thing I will, I will, uh, the glaring issue, I think. But I also noticed that uh, with that, with that cherishing possession and trying to play from the back, I feel like the rain doesn't have like a, a second gear. They play at the same uh, intensity all the game, especially when they play from the back. I, I saw a couple of videos when uh, you guys play against um, Houston, actually. Uh, I remember a, a well uh, movement of pressing from, from the dash. It's not relentless like Liverpool on the men's side, like the courage. They just are organized enough to um, make the player do the decision or the or the pass they, they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Ali Long is a really good passer. She has an amazing percentage of accurate passes. But she she made a pass. Sorry, it was Shirley Cruz to Ali Long. Um, she made a pass that was really predictable. And daily only have to come back a couple of meters and pick up the ball because it, you didn't have the, uh, the defense didn't have the intensity to move the ball quicker. So I think that will be the two things that are more interesting about the, the ring, especially, again, given those last 20 minutes in the last game where you play really intense, intense football with Bomiki on, on the, on, and Balser in, in the pitch. So you can do that. It's, I think it's Ben Stiti needs to put the pieces together on the puzzle and made them play well. We've seen Bethany Balser play on the wing in the number nine and in the number 10 role when she subbed on last game. In your opinion, watching, where do you think her best position is? Um, She's definitely better as a number nine. Yeah. She's really, really good on, in the box. Mm -hmm. uh, she's really clever, uh, make a movement to the spaces, like the goal that she, she, she scored last game. Um, I'm actually surprised that Mumiki went to the a little bit to the wing. It, it, I understand the decision in a way because if Utah was playing with three at the back, you may exploit the the spaces behind the two the two uh, fullbacks. But if I were in City, I will, I will try to play Mumiki in the middle and pull the the, the strings of the attack together. Yeah, Balser is great in the number nine. It's just that they have to get her the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 the thing you should you should do with a with a striker. You should you just need service, and it's basically what the same that happens in Thorns. So it will be a very interesting game in that regard. Uh, two teams that are struggling in the final third. Um, Thorns create a lot of chances, especially from crosses, especially from the from the um, the fullbacks, but they. Creating a chance doesn't mean you're uh, having a good service to your strikers. Um, Simon Charlie made a goal basically after a rebound and and a bit of a mess in the in the courage box. And Horan had to emulate Robin Van Persie to, to score another goal. That's a lot of work. Scoring two goals in that way, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's a good um, transition into talking a little bit about the Thorns. I'm not sure that I would say that they're 
style of play is much different than previous years. Like you said, lots of balls and crosses from fullbacks from a deeper position than a lot of other teams. But what else can you tell folks who are listening about the Thorns? Um, I remember doing, because I'm also in a podcast in Spanish about the, the, the Thorns. <clears throat> uh, I remember when I saw the list of the, the squad list, and I was talking with with uh, my friend that I'm doing the the, the the pot. I'm really worried about the width of the team, and that's probably the thing that it's missing the most, especially in attack. Westford is doing a great job. I have to be honest. I'm really surprised with her. But we are not having a plan B uh, regarding uh, attack, and that plan B usually usually been uh, Tommy Heat doing I don't know a nutmeg or. <laughs> dribbling two players and suddenly find some spaces. Right now there is no plan B. There's a cross or maybe Horan doing something out of nowhere, but it doesn't be the case because she's been running all game long so much kilometers and she can do everything. She can do it, but it's not the, the, the best way you can um, seize the talents of Lindsay Horan. Um, so yeah, I mean, with it will be the the thing that worries me the the most. Not not with with. I think you will have better ways to uh, better tools to solve your problems scoring goals. So it's not like I'm really worried about the thorns not scoring. It's how the thorns get ways. Uh, to create those chances so they're able to score in. That's, that's the thing that worries me the most. They ask, there is no width. They try to play in the middle all the time. And you can underlap all the game. It's basically impossible. Do you, have you seen them um, over these um, three games? Have you seen the Thorns make um, any noticeable adjustments? Um, in the first game, I remember actually that the Westfall went from center back to drive back and we started to push a little bit higher and then came the cross with a uh, Horan's header that actually became uh, Charles goal. There is um, a Weaver shot that actually was also created by Westfall pushing forward. Um, there is a lot of experimentation because in that game, Hobley was starting as a right back. And then Hubley plays a center back on the left against uh, Washington Spirit. And she was really good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also it we're gonna we're gonna see a game with two teams are not scoring a lot and two coaches still trying to figure out what's the way, best way to um get the best from their players. Um talking about adjustments, uh Horan playing kind of a winger on the left, it's a disservice to her completely um i would like i mean this will be a hot take for the any thorns fan that may may listen to this but i don't want to see sinclair play in the next game i would like a pure 4-3-3 uh and not that hybrid of sinclair between a striker and a midfielder i would really like to see a direct football because parsons wants he says that he wants to play more direct but you cannot be direct with sinclair between uh, a striker and a midfielder. 
Not to mention, she's just played so much soccer. I feel like she just needs a break herself, but she would never take herself out of a game, so. <laughs> no, nah, she doesn't want to. <laughs> Especially um, one, one like this. Yeah, uh, like a rivalry game, yeah. Yeah. Are there anything, when you think about the stats you've looked at so far over the last few weeks, is there anything um, that's been really interesting to you or surprising? Um, it's surprising, uh, I, I will say, the the way that some teams are able to create chances. It's really interesting. Uh, some teams are really, really does have one way to do it. Uh, for example, uh, Utah really wants to get the ball to Beto Bakete. That's the plan. Uh, I was really impressed by the way that teams try, try to not lose against the courage. I think that would be the <laughs> phrase we'll use. Um, and try to avoid the press uh, they execute. I was really surprised about the Sky Blue, how they are uh, that's a, that's another coach that's trying to figure out the pieces, and <clears throat> I will I will ha I have to be honest. I I thought that the sky blue. I don't want to say that they will be. The, I thought they will be horrendous in this uh, challenge cup. Some some many people write them off like quickly, and you can do that when when every team meets basically in quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. You you cannot do that. Um, but the adjustments. Um, Freya Kuhn made in the midfield were so clever, especially with um, the role she gave to Good Joe. It's really, really good because that kind of solves another problem, which was purse. Well, I, I have to hold my hand up and say why purse was playing as a right back. But when you play with such a dominant midfield, you, you can tell Mitch to go forward. Um, and do what she does best, which was with, which now the thorns are missing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, those those little things are, are really interesting to see how they evolve and develop. Um, I don't I don't know what else I, I can add in regard. There's so much also about the goalkeepers. Uh, probably, generally speaking, in women, women's football, uh, they are not. There's a huge gap between the good goalkeepers and the bad goalkeepers, mm. or the not so good goalkeepers if you don't want to be uh, a splunt. But it's actually a huge gap. Uh, and I always, one of my theories is because no one wants to play a keeper uh, when you're young. There's really little uh, amount of, of people that wants to be a goalkeeper. But I think they are better coach, and you have some surprises. Like like Bella Bixby, it's it's amazing how good she is, uh, and not only because she doesn't concede as much, her technique is really good. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Karen Sheridan is doing amazing schedule in the goal in the in the playing cycle keeper too. So yeah, that's that's probably the most interesting thing I I can come up right now out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, I'll ask the last question, but before we ask a couple fun ones to um, sure. get to know you a little bit better, um, putting all stats aside and data aside, is there a player that you just absolutely love to watch? Um, <clears throat> well, Horan is the obvious one. 
I, they, I, it's really difficult to get um, gear here in Argentina, and the only the only shirt I have it's it's a Huran one. I've been enjoying a lot um, daily this tournament. It's doing really well, um, and mostly because she's basically leading. She took that role of, of leading the team and and be the the voice of of commandment there. Um, who else? I was Ert. I mean, I'm not saying nothing new, but she's still consistently delivering, which is difficult. It's difficult to get to that point. I keep uh, on top. Um, who who else? Bolzer. I have to I have to say I. I I have to say that she took a not common path, and I think that I like the most about her is her off pitch um, persona. <laughs> she she seems weird in a good way and fun, and that also makes makes me reflect because she's really she's really devout to to her um, her faith, and I don't. And it's really interesting to you know reflect a little bit in, in the way people think. And she's really um, honest and open about things, uh, like the tweet she, she made today about seeing herself in the in the mirror. And okay, that's a, I, I would do that. And, and you think okay, I'm not that different as a person than in a player. And yeah, I'm, I'm, she's really good off and on the pitch. You have, like, that was the perfect summary of Bethany Balser right there. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm going to hand it over to Jacob because I've been asking okay. way too many questions um, because we have a couple ones. We've asked, we actually asked these of all Rain players. So you're going to give similar answers to them. Uh, first off, Antonio, I, I really love that assessment about Bethany Balzer because <laughs> we have seen it, uh, you know, we've you know, been privileged this front row center view of like seeing this rookie come out of her shell. And she's admitted, you know, how much of her worldview has changed ever since she left home from a small town in Michigan to come out to the Pacific Northwest and just be around so many different people of different backgrounds, ethnicities, all that, and it's just opening up her worldview and then seeing her being so honest and open about documenting her growth and some, you know, with some of it, some being very humorous, it's, it's just been really nice. So we totally understand and uh, are with you on that whole, you know, appreciation for Bethany Balser on and off the field. So these are the questions, so these are questions that we've asked, uh, some of the uh, OL Rain players over time. We've uh, gotten some interesting answers. Uh, sometimes we've also stumped them because I think it just has them thinking on, on the spots like a little bit of a hot seat. But we'll start off with the one that's kind of divided the OL Rain locker room uh, over the past couple of years. Antonio, where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Maybe because it's not an Italian thing, and here in Argentina we are big on Italian immigration. Okay. What is um, your favorite topping for pizza then? 
I will say um, ham. Mm. Nice. Antonio, if you were in charge of um, a team that you were playing on or your favorite team, if you were in charge of their match day playlist, what are three songs you're putting on there? Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, my favorite team, like actual favorite team, is uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Mm -hmm. So if I were in charge of the women's side of Tottenham Hotspur, I will play Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur. Mm -hmm. I will play Eye of the Tiger, and I will play. What else could I play? Uh, that's that's an interesting one. I will I will play something more, more poppy, but I I don't know which one I will go. Mm -hmm. Probably Roar. Okay. Uh, from Katy Perry, suppose. Okay. If a movie was going to be made about your life, Antonio, who do you want to play you? Who do I want to play me? Uh, because I like how eccentric he is, I will say um, that the guy that played on Malcolm in Jurassic Park. I forgot. Uh, Chef Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum? Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to one since you said you um, play goalkeeper. Do you have a favorite goalkeeper? Men's or women's game? Men's or women. Okay. Uh, on the women's, I the obvious choice I think will be uh, Tiana Endler. Uh, she's really good. Uh, on on the men's side, that's I I like Musso. It's an Argentinian one that plays for Udinese. I like a lot of. Uh, uh, this guy is playing Sheffield United right now. I mm. forgot the name, but I, I think it's one of the many Robinsons or something like that that plays as a goalkeeper in the in the UK. Uh, Dean um, Henderson. Henderson, yeah, yeah. Because there's two Henderson playing goalkeeper. I think one in Burnley and one in Sheffield United. I think probably I might be wrong. There's a, probably uh, be at least like three of them, three Hendersons playing goalkeeper yeah. in England. Yeah, and. If you want to keep an eye on on an Argentinian young one, there's uh, the goalkeeper of the under under twenties, um, Chaco Alvarez. Uh, she went from San Lorenzo to Guayurquiza, which is the dominant team in Argentinian uh, first division. Uh, she's 19, I think. She's has a lot of a big future future there. Cool. And is there one player? Um, because I know you're a Thorns fan. If you could bring one player from anywhere, who would you bring to the Thorns? Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting question. If you ask me a week ago, I would do anything to keep Carpenter. Mm -hmm. And if I have to choose anyone, because I'm deeply in love in the way that she plays, I would say uh, Lina Magul uh, mm -hmm. from Bayern Munich. I, I love her. She can play everywhere. She's like a little thing that breaks havoc and have a excellent uh, feet with the free kicks. Cool. That should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. In any team in the WSL, it will be like a different thing to see someone that little running around and terrorizing uh, defenses. Well, I don't think I have any more questions. Anyone else? I just thought of one. Sure. Actually. 
So Antonio, you said you are a Spurs fan. What does the Jose Mourinho experience mean to you? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> as much time as you want. <laughs> because uh, um, I mean, it's been a I mean, it's been a, a wild year for me in that regard. Mm. I was lucky enough to travel to Madrid. I didn't have any tickets for the game, but I wanted to travel anyway. And you, you can see how much appreciation were for for Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, I was in in the in the fan zone in the day of the game, and suddenly I saw a guy with a, a Pochettino mask and um, an Argentinian flag, and I thought, okay, this is another Argentinian. Finally, no, nope, he was from London, and he never went to Argentina somehow. <laughs> and suddenly Mourinho came in, and obviously you have some hopes at the beginning like in any new manager given the benefit of the doubt and saying okay maybe he's not he's gonna do something he's gonna hit his head and be good somehow mm -hmm. but no i dread it i dread it a lot and i don't I, I mean it's gonna be a tough weekend for me because we play against arsenal on, on sunday and then we, we we play you guys and that's gonna be a hell of a weekend i suppose uh well we had to end on a more positive what's your favorite Tottenham memory. That that would be definitely Going, yeah. uh, between yeah. between the the experience of um, staying. Uh, I was working with the second leg semifinal against Ajax, and I it was so weird because I was working, but I told to my to my the, my teammate and at the moment uh, saying, you know, that I'm not gonna work. Right now, which is going to put the game on the on the computer, and I'm going to pretend that I'm working, but I'm not working. And Ajax start winning, and I said, "Oh, this is this is too much." And then I got a text, and the text became watching the game again and qualifying for the final, and talking with a friend that I have here. That he's he's from England, and talking like madman that we should go and. The expectation and going to Madrid and maybe getting a, a ticket somehow. I mean, all all those two weeks of only having in my mind being in Madrid and supporting the team in any way that I can, even if I'm not in the game specifically, and the experience of knowing people and traveling to, I never went to Madrid before, and traveling to new places and everything else was amazing. That's awesome. Well, Antonio, where can people find you on Twitter before we end? Uh, in so many places. Um, <laughs> the personal one, it's at Diaholic, like the Spurs player, like Eric Dyer, so Diaholic. Then, um, uh, like in the beginning, you can find me in NWSL Analytica. Then it has a name in Spanish because that's also a thing because I, I like to tweet in Spanish too. And if you're not bitter about following a Spanish account about the thorns, you can find me in PTFCES. That's like the acronym of the team and ES like S, Espanol, Spanish. And yeah, that's it. And if you want me to find me on, on Instagram because you're more than welcome, you can find me on Tony at in the TARDIS, like the Doctor Who um, gadget or thing that it uses to travel. Awesome. Because I'm well, a nerd too. <laughs> I got you. I've got a Lord of the Rings tattoo, so oh, I understand. Okay. <laughs> you, you do know that 
um, Sergio Agüero supposedly uh, had tattoo uh, the name of uh, his daughter in some Arabic thing, but they wrote some something in 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 the Lord of the Rings uh, languages and doesn't say what he thinks he says. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's like everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed no, the games you, this weekend, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. It was it was a pleasure. We will keep the banter to a minimum, probably, <laughs> and keep on talking. And if you want me to be here anytime, you're more than welcome to to ask me because I I, I love it. Awesome. And everyone should follow Tony NWSL Analytica because he answers any question you have about data as well. If you have questions about players or games, so it's, it's a great follow. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. See ya. <laughs>